Da-da-da. <laughs> That's the second time today. You I suck. like that. <laughs> Took me this long, but I like it. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. 5.01 is the time. It is the happy hour here on Gwen and Chris. Chris Hello, Tony Gwynn Jr., who is idle today, he'll be back with us uh, Thursday. As uh, Tony uh, heads on down to uh, spring training, he'll be on the air with Jesse Agler Friday. They'll broadcast the first Padre spring training game here on 97.3 The Fan Padres will take on the Seattle Mariners. Matt Scraby's alongside as we uh, sail into the final hour of the show, which will culminate in an interview with Alden Gonzalez of ESPN. Uh, Scraby, you've had three hours to dig this up. Uh-oh. Have you decided whether it's Alden or Alden yet? Uh, well, I I thought I, you were just going to call him and ask no, him. No, I'm square. not going to call him you after the guts? interview. No, that would be weird. <laughs> hey, sorry, we just mispronounced before your... we before I know we just had you on the air. But I had one more quick question. Yeah. Uh, Is how it do you Alden your name? or Alden? <laughs> I'm going to go I look it's it up Alden. right now. It's got to be Alden. Uh, I don't Nobody's know. name is Alden. You don't know that. Don't say stuff like that because then you what if it know? is Alden? I don't know. Uh, we'll have a, an interview with him, whoever he is, from ESPN.com. No, Alden's a great baseball writer. Gave us some great insight on uh, Manny Machado and uh, the future potentially of Shohei Otani with the Padres, et cetera. So all of that coming up at the bottom of this hour. Scraby, I kick off the 5 o'clock hour with a quick trivia round of questions for you. Do you realize that the Padres last year had not one, not two? I'm seeing Alden, by the way. Sorry. Alden, Okay. Uh, did you realize last year that the Padres had not one? Not one. Not two. Not two. Not three. Not three. But at least four guys who played first base <sighs> who are no longer with the team. Four guys. I guess it does make sense. All right. Well, I'm going to give you those guys, but I want you to name the team they currently play on. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to start with right. the easiest one first. Okay. Eric Hosmer. He's with the Cubs. That's correct. Josh Bell. He's with the Guardians. Correct. Brandon Drury. Angels. Very good. And finally, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. He is a Brewer. Signed today, minor league contract with the Brewers. Wait, you forgot one. I forgot another one? Will Myers. Will Myers played some first base last year. He's with the Reds. He's with the Reds. My goodness, you're right. Yeah. Five. Look at that. Five different guys last year played first base. They're all with different teams this year. Of course, the guy who's going to be there this year is Jay Cronenworth. Have the Padres come out and just told us that yet? Or I, I haven't seen I an haven't official, seen an official announcement yeah. on this. Maybe they never will. Maybe he's maybe just, the Padres just plan on going without a first baseman this year. Uh, I mean, there's no other first baseman on the roster. I guess Matt Carpenter. And qualify, yeah, but you know, just tell us Jake's going to be the first baseman. Maybe they will on the opening day, of and, and maybe they already have. I've, I've and maybe I've they sifted, made an announcement somewhere that I yeah, didn't hear. I've sifted through a lot. But maybe I've never they don't seen have to make an announcement. Maybe they just leave it up to us to decide. But uh, here's a story on MLB.com. Scrape as we kick off the happy hour today. Nine teams, nine Major League Baseball teams that are being given very little chance to make the postseason. That could still make it. Hmm. All right? Okay. I'm going to give you a, a head start on this article. The Rockies, who are not given much of a chance, yes. are not one of the nine teams. Like, they're they don't not. think they have a chance. They're, they're just throwing it? These, well, are, these are nine teams with very low odds 
that if things go right could make the playoffs. I just want the Rocky fans to understand <laughs> they don't even have a chance. They don't even list. have a chance to make it if everything goes right, according <laughs> to this article. Another team missing from this article is the Royals. They're a young team. I could see them making it over the Rockies. Probably more so than the Rockies. But here are the teams. The Giants are first up. Giants are given a 40% odds by fan graphs to make the playoffs, so less than half. Mm -hmm. But the Giants could certainly make it. How so? Well, they've they've added some pretty good players. The question is is whether they'll be better than pretty good. I say that Michael Conforto, although he's, he sat out all the last year, but that guy's a good player if he's yeah. Michael Conforto again. That's true. Yeah. Another guy they added is Mitch Haniger. He's a former all-star with the Mariners. Very underrated free agent. The three pitchers they added, Sean Manaya and Taylor Rogers, you know both know or know both of those guys. Yeah, I I don't in want to San be mean. Diego, I, I don't want to be mean, but they looked great in April and May. And yeah, exactly. June. I was going to say, I don't think that they're going to be the reasons that they make the playoffs. I don't know. They would be the reasons that the Giants make the playoffs if they pitch like that all year long. True. Ross Stripling was another addition for the Giants. So we'll see. What happened to... Oh, Aaron Judge didn't go to the Giants. That's right. And same uh, with uh, Los Carl Angeles Stray. Angels are another team that are less than 50% to make the uh, postseason, 39% according to fan graphs, but could the Angels actually make the postseason? I don't think so, even though the article thinks they can, because they still got to find a way to pass the Astros and the Mariners. Yeah, that's tough. Those two teams are awfully good. Texas has improved quite a bit if Jacob deGrom stays healthy, and that's always a big, you know, if. big asterisk. But, you know, for the Angels to make it, does anybody even remember Anthony Rendon? I do because How he won a World Series. How much money did they give a that lot. guy? Uh, in the 30s of millions per year. And he hasn't played at all. No, he's been injured. And, Talk he, about and when he did play, he wasn't very good. waste of somebody's money. Shohei and Trout can't do it alone. See, there, there's the problem, Chris. you got two of the most recognizable names in baseball, yet their team cannot make the playoffs year after year. Why is that the problem? What do you mean that's the problem? That's the, well, the problem is is that they need to be making the playoffs when they got Mike Trout, supposedly the best Baseball player of all time. Baseball is not a two-man a game. T- I know that, but I'm just saying, if I'm an Angels fan, I am angry that my two players, the big player names, are not getting to the playoffs. It's just, it would make me angry. They're not going to this year either, despite the fact that the Angels did add not only former Padre Brandon Drury, but how about former Padre Hunter Renfro? I forgot about that. Who goes to Anaheim this season. All right, the Rangers are less than a 50% shot to make the playoffs, 33%. How? But uh, They spent like bajillions well, of dollars. Because, again, they're in a division with two teams that are just dramatically better than they are. That's true, yeah. The Rangers are very similar to the Angels in the sense that they're top-heavy. Yeah. But I will tell you this. They have improved their starting rotation a great deal. Not only DeGrom, but they added Nathan Evaldi, Andrew Heaney from the Dodgers, Jake Odorizzi. I mean, these are not bad pitchers. All going down to Texas at one time, you already have a team that has a uh, double play combination of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Could the Rangers make a big push in 2023? I'll tell you another reason why the Rangers might make a push. Bruce 
Bochi. Oh, yes. Don't forget about Boach. Can't forget about Boach. Yeah, he'll be down there. Red Sox are another team that is less than a half chance to make the playoffs, especially with the injury to Trevor Story. He's probably out for most of the season. Is there any way Chris Sale is healthy? And if so, is he sane? Oof. Kike Hernandez has is to he take sane? over. Did you just ask yeah, I said he was sane. sane? Yes. <laughs> I think he's sane. I don't know if he is 100% of the time, to be honest with you. <laughs> Kike Hernandez has to move to shortstop to replace Xander Bogarts. Boston has a long way to go because, again, they're in a great division. Yeah. Yankees, Tampa, Toronto. Chicago White Sox are only a 27% chance to make the playoffs, according to fan graphs. That seems really, really low. Yeah, it does. That seems really, really low for a team that was supposed to just blow the doors off Mm -hmm. the AL Central last year. Mm -hmm. Could it be that Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, and Yoan Moncada all play like crap again this season? Sounds like it will because uh, that's what they're predicting. We had Russ Russ Dorsey from Bally's. Uh, he's the Bally's MLB insider, and they are located in Chicago. He told us last week he thinks the White Sox are going to be the most disappointing team. They're doomed for failure. Yeah. He said uh, Pedro Griffol, new manager of the White Sox, would love it if Lucas Giolito could return to form at the top of that rotation. They also have to replace Jose Abreu. You know where he went? Um, Astros. Oh yeah, because I know they really need somebody. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah, because I remember hurting. us talking a lot about Jose Abreu. Poor Astros, just dying to get another bat. Okay, here's Jose Abreu. Yeah, here's one of the hottest bats on the market. Uh, Miami Marlins, long shots to make the playoffs, seventeen percent, but Ooh. they could uh, improve this year. They'd have upgraded their uh, punch and Judy offense with the addition of AL batting champion Luis Arias. They also traded for starter. Or they traded starter Pablo Lopez to open up spots for their young pitching. They got the Cy Young Award winner and Sandy Alcantara. They added Johnny Cueto. Doesn't interest you? Too no, much. it doesn't. I mean, I'm not really. I was thinking, like, what can I say about this that'll make it sound good for the Marlins? Yeah, it's not. Once again, they're in a division with the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets. How are they going to pass those teams? Well, if you're the if you're the Diamondbacks, I mean, they made a lot of changes. They still have to pass the Padres and the Dodgers. And funny you mention them; they're next up on the list. Oh wow! Diamondbacks have a ten point nine percent chance of making the playoffs, but BaseballMLB.com says, hey, they could defy the odds. Corbin Carroll is a young prospect to keep an eye on. Also, what happened to Cattell Marte last year? This guy hit 240 with 12 home runs last year. Was he, he used hurt? to hit like 300 with 35 home runs. Yeah, that's true. They got to get him back. Starting rotation: Zach Gallen. Pray for rain. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner just wasn't a great signing for them. I I appreciate Bumgarner as one of the great World Series pitchers of of all time. Yeah, but. Man, is he cashing in a lot of money and not pitching all that well? You know anymore. how he's really young too. I know he still has a ton his of time got left. a lot of wear and tear. All right, last two teams on the could sneak into the playoffs list: the Baltimore Orioles. I, I'm in on this one. Nine point nine percent chance, but they got a lot of good young players. They sure Abby do. Rutschman is one. The next one could be Gunnar Henderson. MLB Pipeline's number one prospect. Yes, his first name is Gunner. 
Grayson Rodriguez Isn't is the Phillip number Rivers? seven prospect. Isn't Philip Rivers his kid named Gunner? Don't know. I think so. Orioles have ad- added Kyle Gibson and Cole Irvin to the starting rotation. They've added second baseman, former Padre, Adam Frazier to that ball club in Baltimore. He poor guy, I mean, he was the he Gone was from lead, uh, AL batting champ, NL batting champ because he was with the Pirates. And he would he would came, right, to, he came right. to the Padres. Yes. NL batting champ to playing second base for a Mickey Mouse organization. And being traded to Seattle and just being moved all over the place. Moving all over the place. Final team on the list, the Chicago Cubs. 8.4% chance of making the playoffs. Why could the Cubs defy the odds? Well, they lost catcher Wilson Contreras, so that doesn't help. <laughs> but they have acquired a bunch of guys. Dansby Swanson. True. Cody Bellinger. True. Trey Mancini. Oh, yeah. Eric Hosmer. Mm-hmm. I said that as quietly as I could before yes. people threw something at the radio. Oh, something just hit the window, Chris. No kidding, man. Is he like is is he gonna come <laughs> oh, here we is go. he gonna come to San Diego with the Cubs this year and come to bat and just get booed? I don't know. Because I don't know if that's really the truth. I, I don't really know. Remember either. Tony used to say that Eric Hosmer never got booed in the ballpark. Yeah. He only got booed on Twitter. That's true. So we'll see when he comes with the Cubs this year what kind of the reception he gets. Uh Cubs Swanson's the only really big name. Guy Bellinger has fallen completely off the uh, the map since his All Star season or uh, his, uh, MVP season. Yeah, MVP 2018-2019. It's 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 really interesting to me as someone who's never been a professional athlete or good enough to be good at something like sports. But uh, it's interesting that you just you can just fall off like that. Yeah, it's always so weird. You know, I was thinking about Luke Voigt today. Wait. I mean, Luke Voigt went from starting first baseman. On a team that ended up in the NL Championship Series and a team that didn't even want to trade him. Yeah, that's true. But had to because of Eric Hosmer's mm-hmm. demands. Yeah. So they had to trade Luke Voigt to Washington to make the whole thing work for Soto. Now Luke Voigt can't even start for Washington. Who do they have? I, well, I think he wanted out of Washington. Number All one, right? Well, he's in a minor league. Contract. That's what I'm saying. When Best I saw this, do. when I saw this earlier today, I was thinking, why didn't the Padres just bring him in for a minor league contract and then cut him loose if he can't, if he doesn't make the team? I, I know that there are a lot of guys doing the DH thing right now with Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter, but I liked Luke Voigt. He was starting to get going when he got traded. Plus, he had that little tuft of hair on his chest. He had the yeah the the, he, the chest hair was amazing. Which everybody loved when they wore the, the salad uh, when they wore the uh, the city connect city connect uniforms. Yeah. Well, Luke Voigt. It's just so. F- I mean, I remember seeing him at spring training last year and thinking, "Man, there goes the strongest man in the world." <laughs> we did talk to him, and he showed up, and I was like, "Whoa, man!" Yeah. That that's what a professional athlete looks like. But you're right; how things can go down yeah. or up so quickly for these athletes and you know luke voigt i mean you know guys like this they're a great advertisement for why these guys get as much money in their contracts as they can when they have a chance you're right because it can change in an instant and you can be forgotten you can be forgotten and you can miss out on that huge payday and now you're looking at a completely different financial situation for yourself remember the money you make as a major league ball player as an athlete supposedly is going to have to last you. Yeah. That, you're that's the be, hard part. You're going to be done playing in your young 30s. 
And what? Do you, yeah, and then you got to just gonna deal do with for it the, rest the next sixty years. I do. I do think about that more often than than not nowadays. I think you think about it more often than the general fan. Yes, because because of what we do. Tony reminds you of it all. He the does because whenever we were off the air and I say, "Oh, that guy, he He's makes a lot of money. money." Tony will say he'll give me either a mean look or he'll get, he'll say like, "Calm down, calm down, Scrape." That's right. Like that. All right, there you go. Come back. More Gwen and Chris on the way after a check of traffic. This hour on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Mitsubishi. The Mitsubishi Spring sales event is on now at your local Mitsubishi retailer. Check out the all-new Outlander plug-in hybrid or drive the 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander. APR rates as, slow, as low as 2.9% for 60 months. Inventory arriving daily. Visit your local Mitsubishi retailer today. I'm Matt Scraby. Chris Ella here with me in studio. Gwyn and Chris, 97.3 The Fan. Tony Gwynn Jr. is uh, getting ready to head out to Peoria. It's that Saddling time up of his year. horses. Saddling up his Clydesdales, and he's going to be riding out like Russell Wilson later or earlier to tomorrow. Yeah, so. get up and uh, get up early tomorrow. You'll see him on the 15 freeway. He'll be coming right down be, the uh, diamond lane there. And his horse will <laughs> neigh for his horn. Yes, Tony Gwynn Jr. Gonna uh, be right. You know what we're going to see, Chris, this year? That's, Horseback uh, to Peoria. Yes, but, yes. Go back to the 2 p.m., the first segment, and it will make a lot more sense. Yeah, that's Go right. to 97.3thefansd.com for that or the Odyssey app. What we're going to see different this year is um, – Mr. Hassan Kim is doing something a little bit different with his jersey, Chris. Last year, we only saw Kim on the back of his jersey. This year, we're going to see H.S.Kim on the back of his jersey. Yes, the uh, Padres organization should charge him more money for the extra letters. <laughs> uh, you think that's gonna? You think they charge by the letter? That's they why charge he, by the letter. He yeah, feels a little more, bit more uh, financially more responsible. The, uh, more work for the equipment guys. My guy Tony Patrika down there will be sewing those letters on extra. Yeah, uh, Hassan Kim will uh, have H uh, period S period Kim on the back of his uniform. I did a little quick search of Major League Baseball players to see who else had the last name of Kim. Oh, yeah. As to why maybe Hassan Kim would want to differentiate himself from others. Yeah. There is no other Kim currently in Major League Baseball, at least according to baseball reference. Now, there might be somebody coming up through the ranks that I'm not aware of. Uh, there's been several through the years. Sun Woo Kim played for the Indian, well, the Indians. They yeah, were the at, Indians the time. at the yeah. time. Hyun Soo Kim okay. had a brief stint, 2016-17. Uh, Kwang Hyung Kim played 2020 to 2021. I don't recall either of those two guys. I don't either. And then the most famous Kim of them all, before Ha Sung, Byung Young Kim, uh, reliever for the Arizona Diamondbacks, okay. gave up the game-winning home run in back-to-back World Series games Mm. in 2001. Wow. Of course, the Diamondbacks would come back to win that series after he gave up. He gave up a game-winning home run, walk-off in Game 4. Bob Brenly put him right out there in Game 5, gave up another game walk-off home run. He needs to pay those guys for hitting those home uh, runs. Yeah, that's what I remember Byung-Yung Kim for. I remember feeling awful for the guy (laughs) as he was standing in the middle of Yankee Stadium and the place was going crazy. But hey, the Diamondbacks did come back to win that World Series. That was, that's under an the, unlikely under World the generalship series. of Bob Brenly. Ugh. And bench coach Bob Melvin. Bob lots Melvin. Of, lots of Bobs going on there in that well, coaching room. I like room. Bob Melvin. I don't know how. Maybe that's how Bob Brenly became so smart because he probably listened to Bob Melvin. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't anyway, doubt Hassan it. Anyway, Hassan Kim will have a little bit yeah. of a new look this year. It kind of reminds me of a ship. 
HS Kim. Her uh, Her Majesty's ship, Kim. Or is that HMS? Is That's that HMS. It? Oh, yeah. Her, her Majesty's ship. That's oh. what HMS stands for. Did oh, you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, HMS, HMS is always a British ship. And HMS stands for Her Majesty's Ship. I had no idea until right this moment. How about that? That's pretty good. Huh? That's pretty good. I gave you, know you what? soccer results, and I gave you ship news. And you know what you're going to love about this? What? You love to make fun of Dick Monfort, the owner of the Rockies. What and did he do now? Remember when he talked specifically about the Padres and their spending, and he kind of just, uh, you know. Threw them under the bus. Threw them under the bus. Well, the media asked Peter Seidler about Dick Monfort's comments today, and here is what Peter Seidler had to say. I enjoy it all. I really do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our, our game, the more spice that we have, within reason, the better. Um, and, and, you know, credible people having different opinions, that, that's what makes the world go around. And the reason I play that, that's all he said. The reason I play that is because Peter Seidler is never going to give in to that, and he's never going to badmouth another owner. I get well, he the also question. shouldn't. He also shouldn't give in to what he's doing as no. owner of the Padres. No, which you're is, right. We're lucky that he's not. He's he's got his own way. He wants to do something. He desperately wants to win a World Series. Dick Monfort does not care no. if he ever wins a game. There was plenty that's of times. the difference in the two guys. Uh, Dick Monfort is worried about some so-called bottom line. You know, Alden Gonzalez brought this up, and you'll hear it in his interview. The one thing Major League Baseball teams can't ever get me to agree with them on, I'll always be on the player's side of this, but is the fact that the value of these franchises continues to increase exponentially mm-hmm. year after year after year after year. Whereas Artie Moreno's Angels were... I don't remember. I think he, you he, know, like a hundred million yeah, or something. Yeah, I think he bought when it for something like that. Them, yep. And now they're in the billions. Yeah, you, right? you're, you're making money off of. Your so investment. you make so much money there that you don't even need to make money on the bottom line. And I'm pretty sure you do make money on the bottom line. So the owners crying that they're losing money here and there just never works with me. And that's why I appreciate an owner who's, you know, going ahead and spending the money that he's uh, earning. To put into his baseball yeah, team. Yeah, he's putting back the money that fans are spending. I feel badly for the you know the Rockies and the Denver fans. That's a that believe it or not is a great fan base. They support their sports teams like no other there. And same goes for the Red friends in Cincinnati. That after the owner last year said that he basically doesn't care what the fans think, they're still going to buy tickets to come to the games. I, I know that my friend has not gone to a game since that was said, and I know a lot of uh, other people are like that. And so we're just lucky to live in this sort of um, baseball climate because well, there's other climates that are just no fun. Well, we also should appreciate it because we did not always live in this kind of You're baseball right. climate. We used to live in the Dick Monfort type baseball climate where we were just busy selling Absolutely. off players year after year after year after year. In fact, we sold off pretty much every player we ever had other than Tony's dad. So, uh, you know, until recently, we haven't had this kind of good luck in uh, San Diego. Uh, we're going to go to break here in just one second, but Brock tweeted me, and we were talking about last segment, d- teams that could sneak into the playoffs, and the Marlins were one of them. But you know what? We discounted one thing, Chris. What's that? Former Padres coach Skip Schumacher is now the manager of the Marlins, so he could turn him around. I give him a little bit more credit than uh, anybody else they would have brought in there. 
I don't know why. I'll uh, I'll support Bochi in Texas. I'm not I'm not buying on the Skip Schumacher bandwagon <laughs> quite yet. Quite yet. All right. No. Okay. Well, I'm fully on it, Chris, and Good I'm going you. all aboard on the Skip Schumacher train. Uh, don't be uh, calling me if you're sinking. <laughs> okay. Well, trains don't sink, but anyway. When we get back, we're going to hear from Alden Gonzalez. I thought you were getting ESPN. on a sinking ship, yes. the Marlins. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, we're going to be talking, or we're going to be hearing from Alden Gonzalez, and we talked to him about a bunch of different stuff, and he gave us a little bit of insight of what he knows about the Manny, Manny Machado's future. So that'll be what we do when we get back on 97.3 The Fan. We have a couple of minutes here before we get to our uh, closing interview with Alden Gonzalez of ESPN. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby together, Odyssey Palace Studios. I, uh, in the last segment, I mentioned Byung Young Kim. Prior to Hassan Kim, probably mm-hmm. the most famous Kim ever to play in Major League Baseball. As we were doing a check as to why Hassan Kim would uh, change the uh, lettering on the back of his jersey, which he's going to do this year, it won't just say Kim. It'll now say H period S period, Kim. Yes. I guess the H and the S stand for Ha and Son. Oh, man. How did you know that? You're welcome. But I I told you that Byung Young Kim gave up home runs in back-to-back World Series games. I just looked it up to recall what exactly how bad it was. Uh Uh-oh, do we have a bear of misinformation moment? No, I didn't bear of misinformation. I just didn't make it as bad as it really was. Oh, okay. In Game 4 of the 2001 World Series, with the Diamondbacks ahead two games to one, Arizona led 3-1 to one with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Man on, Byung-Yung Kim gave up a two-run tying home run to Tino Martinez. Names. Then in the bottom of the tenth inning, Byung-Yung Kim gave up a solo home run to Derek Jeter. Yankees win 4-3. to three. If that wasn't bad enough, the very next night... The Diamondbacks led the bottom of the ninth inning two to nothing with two outs and a man on, and Byung Young Kim gave up a two run tying home run to Scott Brocious. That is brutal. Back to We're back talking World nights. Series. He gave up a tying home run, a two run homer with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Yankees would go on to win that game in twelve innings three to two. They took a three two series lead. But then the Diamondbacks came back and uh, took Game 6 and 7 in Arizona. Game 7 ended famously on the Arizona comeback against Mariano Rivera. Do you uh, think that he thanks baseball deities everywhere every time he wakes up because Young, Young Kim? they won the World Series? I don't think he worries about it anymore. Oh, think- man. That would be... That right. would be... That would be. Where's Young Young Kim? I don't you know? know? I mean, he's not living in Phoenix. Maybe. I, I doubt it. I don't know how to spell it, so B. It's not easy. Oh, here it is. The, the first article is that is at peace. He's at peace with it. He said after Good. career of being misunderstood, Byung Hung Kim is at peace. See, he had a happy ending to the story. He had crippling reactions, allowing for allowing two infamous World Series home runs, and he had yeah. Well, he gave up three. He gave up two tying home runs, and also one of the nights he gave up the game-winning walk-off as well. They're only counting those two as infamous. They're only counting the two as infamous? Yes. Yeah. Now, it was a tough back-to-back night for Young Young Kim, that's for sure. Bob Brenly with the managerial decision there. <laughs> I and think boy, that speaks Bob. for itself. That's all you need but to know. That, but then again, he did win a World Series. He won the World Series. But, you know, we've already said this. We've said this about NFL coaches. 
Mike McCarthy does not impress me as a genius, yeah. but he has won a Super Bowl. That is true. You know, it can happen. It can. It can happen. Rare, but it can. Because remember, the players ultimately are the ones. Not true. All right, let's get our uh, check of traffic. And then, speaking of people that are smart, Alden Gonzalez from ESPN. All the latest on Machado and the contract situation. We've got uh, one of the better uh, writers uh going out there right now from ESPN, uh, joining us on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, our friend Alden Gonzalez. Uh, Alden, how are you today, man? Good to talk to you. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Great. Thanks. Very good. Uh, let's let's start off with Manny Machado. I mean, he's certainly uh, created a stir here in San Diego. I, I, I don't know if he had much choice. Uh, he was going to get asked about whether he's going to opt out of his contract, probably going to get asked all season long if he didn't at least answer the question. So he did. Some people are upset about it. Some fans, I guess, are upset about it. The Padres seem to be taking it in stride. Uh, tell me what you think Manny Machado's thinking and how you think this all may play out. Well, what he's thinking is exactly what he said, which is that he plans to opt out at the end of this season and become a free agent. Uh, now, obviously, those things can change and I will say that it's a little bit rare for a player to declare intentions like that before playing his first game of the season because obviously injuries can happen, anything can happen. But from what I heard, um, his agency gave the Padres a February 16th deadline. They wanted to get a deal done for them, uh, and it wasn't until two days before it that the Padres came with an offer that Manny Machado's sides felt was short on the money. Uh, they offered, uh, from what I'm told, uh, and Kevin Acey of the San, San Diego Union Tribune reported this first, uh, they offered an extra five years at $105 million, which is essentially makes it the Xander Bogart contract, right? Because when you lump in the money that was left, it's basically 11 years, $285 million. And look, Manny Machado was not lying when he said that the markets change, right? Um he feels like he can get a lot more than that in free agency. And when you look at what guys like Trey Turner got, what Aaron Judge got, and then when you consider the fact that outside of Shohei Otani, uh, there's not really much star power on the free agent market, he probably feels that if he has another MVP caliber season, he can do better. And are there some hurt feelings there too because the Padres didn't come with an offer until two days before it? Yeah, I think so. Um, can that be resolved, though? Absolutely. Um, but as of now, uh, they're saying that they're going to stick to that deadline. Um, they're not going to negotiate anymore. And he's going to eventually be a free agent. But I think they're open to open to continuing to talk because they want Manny Machado to continue to be their franchise player. So they'd be open to it. But I think Manny's side, at least for now, um, has moved on. We're talking to Alan Gonzalez of ESPN on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And uh, the the Padres, I'm going to move over to the rotation because we will be talking about Manny Machado and his contract until the end of the season when something gets figured out. But with the rotation, they assigned Michael Walker. They have guys like Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo. And, and I think that the Padres may go with the six-man rotation to start the year like they did last year. But what do you think about the, the current line or rotation that they have? And, and where does Michael Walker fit in? Is he above you? you think Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo is he in the middle uh where, where do you think he's going to go I think Michael Walker just given I mean and, and you could base a lot of this stuff just based on the contracts that they're given I think Michael Walker probably slots in I guess maybe ahead of them um look obviously the big three is Darvish and Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell and I think you have 
basically Michael Walker is the number four, and maybe Nick Martinez is the number five right now. That's just my guess at the moment. Um, I know Nick Martinez's contract, and I, I think Seth Lugo's contract as well, but you'd have to correct me on that. It's highly incentivized for, for games started. Um, but I think this is a situation where the Padres are going to go into spring training and they're going to see what kind of starting pitching depth they have, what kind of needs they have in their bullpen. And if it makes sense and they have enough to truly go with a six-man rotation, I think that would be their ideal because I think they felt like that was very beneficial to them in the first half of the season. I know talking to some of the pitchers about it, they liked it because they got an extra they – they basically would get an extra bullpen day in between starts. And then when they were pitching, you know, the concession that Bob Melvin had with them was, we're going to let you pitch deeper in the game because you have more time off in between your starts. And I think some of them feel like it helped them be stronger for the second half of the season. So if somebody like an Adrian Morihone or Ryan Weathers steps up or if Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez both prove that they need to be starting pitchers, I think they'll go with a six-man rotation. I just don't know that they're going to force it. Alden Gonzalez is with us from ESPN. Uh, just, uh, you know, I'm in awe because he can write so well. Something I couldn't do. That's why I had to go <laughs> Speaking into Speaking from a former writer well, right From there. a former writer. This is why I'm a former writer because I couldn't write like Alden Gonzalez. Alden, baseball is talking about, and I honestly can't believe this, but they're creating an economic reform committee. I guess the idea of this is to keep people like the Mets and the Padres and maybe other teams from, quote, spending foolishly. It seems to me that what this economic reform committee is designed to do is to protect the owners who don't feel like spending and committing and trying to win as much as teams like the Mets and the Padres do. Where is this going to go in baseball, do you think? Yeah, I actually, uh, I wasn't there for Peter Seidler today, regrettably, but uh, I saw a quote of his on social media, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I think he said something to the extent of, he was asked about the risk of spending so much money on his roster, and his response was, well, there's also risk in not spending enough on your roster. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and I love everything about how he approaches this. I, I, I will say that the economic, there's another aspect of the Economic Reform Committee that, that needs to be brought up, which is that the... Um, impending, it seems, bankruptcy of Diamond Sports Group, um, the entity that owns uh, Valley Sports' um, 19 regional channels, and how that might change the landscape of the cable model, what that would mean for teams like the Padres who rely on these rights fees to help them um, pay for players, essentially, and make up a, a vast, uh, a good portion of their revenue, and what that is going to mean for streaming and how it might change the financial landscape of baseball. I think that's also a big reason why that committee was formed. But yes, like you said, I think a theme of this offseason, um, and I'm not saying it's a correct one, has been that there's the haves and the have-nots. Because you look at the teams that spend a ton of money. I, I, I don't think it's a, ever any more clear than in the National League, for example, right? You look at the Braves, Phillies, the Mets, they all spend big money. They got better. And then you look at a team like the Marlins, which is at a point in its franchise where they're trying to contend, um, and they feel as if they can't, and they can't keep up. And so they had to make moves on the margins, trading for A.J. Puck or signing Gene Segura, smaller moves relative to everything that else that transpired in the National League East. This has been a debate basically since the, since the dawn of free agency, uh, <laughs> where 
you have owners of small to mid-market teams claiming that they don't make enough money in order to be able to keep up with the others and that basically they lose money every year or or if not they just remain flat every year and then you have the union which says that's absolutely not true look at all the revenue sharing money that you make uh, look at all these other streams of revenue you guys are billionaires anyway your franchises appreciate greatly in value you do have the money and i mean look, look i lived this during the cba negotiations of last year at the end of the day we can't prove it because the teams outside of the Braves and the Blue Jays, they can't open up their books to show us their financials. But this is what small to mid-market owners claim, and then there's the other side that says that they're lying, um, and now here we are. But it is a problem, and I think um, and I think Rob Manfred was smart to at least form this committee to at least try to get out in front of it. Um, but, I mean, look, I'm going to quote my colleague Buster Olney, who said this on his podcast recently. <laughs> okay. There's so much being made of what the Padres are doing and not enough being made of what the A's are doing, which is a complete rebuild and not spending any money whatsoever on their team. And that should be a bigger problem than what the Padres are doing because what the Padres are doing is great for baseball. Thank you, Alden. Thank you, Buster. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're talking to Alan Gonzalez from ESPN here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. And I know that you wrote about Otani. And speaking of someone else who's going to make a lot of money here possibly after this season, uh, Padres fans are really – they're 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 really locked in on Otani becoming a Padre if Manny Machado leaves or if uh, someone else leaves the team and they free up some money. But for me personally, I think that is too much. You're putting too much on Otani by paying him a lot of money and trying to get the value out of probably a long contract. Where are you at with Shohei Otani? And you you talked to his agent. He he said that he wants to explore free agency. What do you think about what we're going to see this year? Well, this year, I expect him to be a fantastic, uh, just, just once again, a transcendent two-way player. Hopefully, he just stays healthy. You know, he's proven that if he's healthy, he can do that. Uh, but as for what I would expect in free agency, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be lining up, even teams that you wouldn't even expect to have that kind of money. Uh, I do think if he has another season as a two-way player like that, he's going to get a $500-plus million contract. I really do. Yeah. Um, and... The fact that this is probably the most unique free agent in baseball history, well, he's actually the most unique player in baseball history, I think you're going to see a lot of teams that are going to be lining up. Now, is there a major difficulty in projecting his next contract because we've never seen a player like this? Absolutely. But I think there's going to be enough suitors that um, it's not going to be a problem in terms of him getting the money that he wants. I would not be surprised if the Padres got into it. I've been, I've made the mistake of being surprised by the Padres before, and I'm not going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> so I think do we. There's a lot of moving pieces there. Maybe if they sign Otani, they trade Juan Soto. Who knows? I'm just, I'm obviously just speculating. Yeah. But I know the Padres love Shohei Otani, as does everybody else, and they're at least going to look into it because, and any anybody would be foolish not to look into this player becoming a favorite. Alden, last thing before we let you go. Appreciate your time and uh, and all of the great info. Uh, your take on the new rules and how they're going to play out. We're a couple of days away from actual spring training games and the pitch clock going and the shift going away and uh, base runners only being allowed to be picked off twice per at bat. Uh, what do you think is going to work? What do you think, if anything, what do you think is going to be a, a, a might be a bit of a struggle? Well, I think the pitch clock's going to work. And even if it's going to get maybe pushback or guys going to have a hard time adjusting initially, I think the pitch clock is going to be a major boon for the sport. I, you're going to be amazed by how much quicker games move. And I think it's critical. And I, I think it's going to have a major impact 
Um, I, I'm sure we're going to have a ton of controversies about managers or coaches, players complaining about when the pitch clock started and did it start on time. And there's going to be so many situations that come up. MLB tried to prepare for every scenario, but it's impossible to prepare for every scenario. So there's going to be some hiccups there. Um, but overall, I, I'm excited for the changes. I mean, uh, is the shift restriction going to have a major um, added benefit to batting average on balls in play? I don't know, but I'm going to love seeing shortstops play shortstops, right? And second base and play second base. Um, and I'm going to love it that a lot of times those line drives up the middle might not be outs anymore, right? Because what are hitters taught? They're taught to hit the ball up the middle. But with the shift, you hit the ball up the middle, you're hitting a line drive into the glove of another infielder. Um, I'm hopeful. The one thing that I want to see outside of a quicker pace, I want to see the stolen base become a factor in baseball, in Major League Baseball again. I miss it. I don't know how much of an aspect the bigger base is going to have. Anybody you talk, you talk to says that it's going to have some impact, but not a major one. And, and I hope it at least just pushes the sport back in that direction. So overall, I really am. I'm excited for the new rules. I like them. I think they were necessary. Alden, uh, what a great visit, man. Thank you for everything. Appreciate what you do. Continue to look forward to uh, reading your work and look forward to catching everything as the season goes along. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, sir. Great. Thank you so much. appreciate it. Great stuff. Alden Gonzalez, ESPN, right there on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. For some reason, I was really excited to say Chevrolet there. You were. All right. uh, Very good, Alden Gonzalez. You're caught up on everything. Relax about the Manny situation. What? Don't you tell me to relax. I'm not telling you to relax. I'm telling everybody else to relax out there. Peter Seidler says Manny is his top priority. We're just a couple of days away from the start of spring training. Tony Gwynn Jr. on his way to Peoria. Midweek show tomorrow, 2 o'clock. See you then on Gwynn and Chris.